Welcome back to the It's Just Bore podcast paper review. I'm Joanna Reardon. I'm Neve Tallon. There has been loads of news this week and while we will get to the ruckus that is going on in the world of Camogie, we are going to bring you the good news first. We have two new Olympic qualifications from Diving Athletics, so it has been a brilliant week of sport and we are excited to bring you the news. Yeah, it's incredibly overwhelming. Um, in the early hours of Tuesday morning, Tanya Watson qualified for the Olympic Games, becoming the first ever Irish female diver to qualify for the Olympics. She finished 16th in the preliminary round for the 10 metre platform in the FINA Diving World Cup, and she now advances to the semi-final. Kira McGing was also competing in the same event, finishing 23rd. She will have to wait for two more weeks while FINA, not FIFA, FINA determine if that finish will qualify her for the Games. Uh, Claire Grine was also competing. She was in the three metre springboard on Monday, achieving her fourth highest score ever with 242.9 points. She unfortunately finished in 31st position and did not advance to the semi-final. She was incredibly disappointed in not qualifying for the Tokyo Olympics, but she will now turn her focus to the European Championships beginning on the 10th of May. I know we're all incredibly disappointed um, for Claire, especially Neil, mm-hmm. um, but it's good news all around, but sad for Claire. Yeah, it's very exciting to see that Tanya has qualified, but I know that, uh, you know, Claire is incredibly disappointed and I think it was just, uh, you know, one dive kind of threw it a, a little bit, but we're looking forward to seeing her in action again at the European Championships, which will be starting on Monday. Um, and I'm sure she'll have a great competition, but she's a fantastic diver, fantastic athlete. And um, so it was just just disappointing for her that she didn't, uh, you know, achieve what she wanted to achieve. In athletics, there was lots and lots of excitement at the World Relays. Um, I think loads of people tuned in. It was great to see it. It was great to see that um, people are tuning in to what's going on in other sports and tuning into the successes of our female athletes. Uh, first up was the 4x100 with Molly Scott, Sarah Lavin, Sarah Quinn and Kate Doherty. Uh, they put in a good race um, but did not advance to the semi-finals. It's great to get uh, everybody out there, get experience on the international stage, so it's, it's very exciting. The big news of Saturday night was the mixed 4x400 relay, which had Chris O'Donnell, Phil Healy, Charlene Mosley and Tommy Barr in action. O'Donnell started off, he started off strong, but it was very tight. Uh, the only one that was really, you know, making a move at that point was a, a British runner who moved ahead but everybody else um you know crossed the line and, and did the handover um in quick succession phil put in a massive first 100 and uh put them in in the lead uh, she held that until the final straight and she was overtaken by a brazilian um, she then did the handover to Charlene. So Charlene, um, you know, led off in second position. She was overtaken for a brief period of time, uh, but really, really held on. Uh, so she was sitting in third just for a little bit. But it was really exciting. Everybody was really, really tight. And uh, as it came into the final straight, she actually managed to move Ireland up into first position. So it was just so exciting. And she really, really dug in. You could see she was giving it 100%. She passed this over then to uh, Thomas Barr. He ran the last leg. Um, and, you know, he was actually, he was in first position for a good while, but then was just slightly outdone by the Brazilian and uh, the Dominican Republic. Um, he was put in a great position by his team. And we certainly will be looking forward to the excitement um, of this team as we look forward to uh, the Olympic Games now that the team is qualified. I know Phil was saying it's delighted to, you know, we're expecting that she's going to go forward and um, based on rankings and everything anyway, but she's delighted that the team is qualified and that there's a secure Olympic qualification there. What I thought was really interesting was uh, Phil actually ran 51.87 and Charlene ran 51.86. So Charlene was actually uh, just a teeny bit quicker um, than than Phil. And I thought the women stood out on the team. They did really, really uh, well. They were just exceptional. Um, definitely in um, comparison to the other female athletes, they were 100% up there. Um, for the final, 
Um, Tom Barr actually went home and Andrew Mellon uh, was swapped in. Uh, their job was done. They had that Olympic qualification and they finished in seventh place overall in the final on Sunday. And I think that would be down to getting more people races, getting the experience. You know, they had their job done. They got that qualifying spot. Then on the Sunday, the 4x200 uh, was also very exciting. It saw Ireland pick up second place with absolute delight. Uh, the team ran a new national record of 135.93. It is a young team with loads and loads of potential. Um, they started off really, really strong. It was a good leg um, from Aoife Lynch. She, had, she took them out in the lead. Um, sorry, the lead out leg. Um, then... Kate Doherty took the baton from her and around the next 200, she really moved them up and got them into second position. It was retained by the following athletes who were Sarah Quinn, uh, who actually ran the fastest leg of the of the quartet, and Sophie Becker, who was beginning to gain on the poles. And the two of them put in some good work and, and began to gain on the poles, but it just wasn't enough to get first. But um, brilliant second uh, second position race, and they have picked up some prize money along the way. Um, I think the, the clean changeovers in both teams really had them stand out. Um, it was very exciting watching everything, uh, like all the other events. Um, there's some relay races that we won't get to see elsewhere. So there's a shuttle relay in, in hurdles. Um, and, and these distances like the 4x200 wouldn't crop up often, but was definitely exciting. Um, there are people dropping things. There are people stepping out of lanes, all that kind of thing. So there's plenty of disqualifications, uh, but very, very exciting. Um, in other news, Rashida Adelecki was in action. She was in the States running the 200 metres and she ran 23 flat. This was 0.1 off Phil Healy's Irish record. However, it was wind assisted at 2.7. We know she's in absolutely flying form. There's loads more to come from her. So we look forward to seeing what she's doing over the next couple of months because, you know, she's just knocking on the doors of some more of those records. Yeah, no, I think every single like argument should be settled with shuttle hurdle relays or relays in any shape or form because they are like some of the craziest athletics events you can possibly even in like swimming. I had noticed when I was there, mm-hmm. like the relays were like are the most that will be the most fun. You exactly, know, I was like, yeah. looking forward to that, and they were like, "There's no relays to it." I was like, "Oh," <laughs> but yeah, I suppose looking across to Katie Taylor, she remains the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. I really wanted to go full boxer announcer there but I thought don't embarrass yourself she is now uh, her record her record stands at 18 professional wins and zero losses which is absolutely unbelievable for her she beat Liverpool's Natasha Jonas in a cracking fight people were already tipping it to be a contender for fight of the year it was absolutely unbelievable I watched uh, some of it on the highlights it was incredible it was so close um, Taylor obviously started off better but Jonas managed to actually work her way back into the fight um, in the kind of middle rounds I think um, from watching boxing, and my boxing knowledge is a bit limited, but from what I could read online, um, Jonas is kind of a bit more technical. She's a bit more out there. She's a bit more, I suppose, uh, capable, I think, in the boxing world, which is it's not wrong to say, but I think she's been focused on this for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. Taylor really showed, obviously, why she is you know, our, a champion. Um, she showed real guts. She showed incredible courage to dig deep and pull through in some of those final rounds when the going really got tough and it was incredibly mm-hmm. tight and nail-biting. I suppose credit to the two of them, uh, both Natasha and Katie Taylor, um, for making it one of the, the fights of the year, like for sure. It was a great spectacle. Loads of people got involved. And I think afterwards, Kate Taylor said something, you know, like that she dug deep in the end and won the championship rounds. Um, we said all week that it could have been a headline act and the fight showed why. I think a lot of people um, were a little bit curious as to why it wasn't the headline fight um, because it was such a high profile thing. And then a couple of other people who maybe weren't, who are familiar with boxing and who aren't as familiar with boxing were a little bit unsure as to why it was on box office considering women's boxing is kind of growing and you 
mightn't really necessarily want to be putting those fights um behind mm-hmm. the scene especially last year for Cage Taylor's one of her other fights it was on I think it was on Sky Sports Mix or something like that so even the free free channel um and it had record viewing numbers for a women's mm-hmm. boxing um event um I don't know if you saw some of like the top dogs and like boxing magazines were even writing about how great Cage Taylor was so mm-hmm. it's great to see her absolutely flying um my brother still thinks she doesn't get the recognition that she deserves um, yeah she like <laughs> I think like to be honest I think part of it is like she has like such massive following and people have such admiration respect for her but like part of um her kind of personality is she doesn't necessarily love the limelight obviously she does a bit of it more um now with the with the fact that she's professional and she has to get in and talk to media a, a bit more maybe than she necessarily enjoys um but yeah like if you know obviously she is marketed but if she put um more time into that um yeah she definitely have a have, have have more of a following um but i think the the nature of her is she she likes to be a little bit behind the scenes and um you know the talent speaks to it like for itself and i think people also like a bit of mystery as well and um, i think look, it's part is... of the appeal yeah like her quietness yeah. and her soundness you know like i yeah. like i met her at the uh, people of the year awards she won athlete of the year for obviously bringing home gold in the olympics and i was young person of the year so we had to sit next to each other and split an award um and she's just so quiet like she's just so nice mm-hmm. you know like there was no other words to like and like that night like it was in the city west hotel that night i'm not joking you Neve there was 50 girls outside the hotel waiting for her to like sign mm-hmm. autographs that night yeah it was incredible to see yeah no it's brilliant like she's she's just such a good athlete and, and I think um yeah look if if she wants to focus like uh, like she focuses on her boxing she obviously does what she does um you know she's pushed the boundaries so far for women's boxing so obviously she has achieved some goals there um and, and I think she can kind of afford to do what she wants to do um because she is the like the best um you know there is the everything that comes with it like her talent absolutely speaks for itself um where sometimes people need to work a little bit harder at, at building their profile and um, where it kind of looks after itself a little bit but yeah I definitely agree like I think she could be bigger and bolder um in in terms of like recognition and and uh, that kind of marketing side but if she doesn't want to do it that's fine um she's she's doing fine um in in terms of a financial like the financial setup that she has and she's just doing what she wants to do uh, which is which is brilliant but um in soccer there's a lot going on the world cup draw happened last week so for the uh, 2023 World Cup uh, Ireland have been drawn against Sweden Finland Slovakia and Georgia it's definitely going to be a tough group with both Sweden and Finland uh, up there with some of the best teams in Europe both of them will play in the Euros next year the winners of the group will qualify automatically but the runners up will go into a playoff system so realistically Ireland will be aiming for one of those spots it's certainly not out of the question and we are looking forward to seeing what happens over the next while because Vera Paul and her side have definitely been, been progressing in some Vera Paul news, um, there has been a uh, you know story come out recently with um, herself and Tyler Toland, and they seem to have come to a head. Basically, Toland was seen as one of Ireland's biggest prospects. She's contracted to Manchester City and uh, was the youngest player to get a senior international cap. She found herself uh, sitting on the bench for a while after Paul took charge and. Um, you know, Paul recently revealed that she was uh, since harassed and intimidated by Toland's father and uh, claims that Toland said that she would never play under her management again. So Paul's not ruling out a return for Toland, but said she'll only consider it if um, Toland picks up the phone to call her and apologise and, and, and speak about it. And, um, you know, really 
um, act like an adult in this situation and um, have, have a conversation between themselves. Um, on the other side, Tolan's father uh, refutes the allegations and has called on the FAI to intervene. He said that uh, what Paul has said is incorrect. So it'll be a story I think that people will be watching over um, you know, the coming weeks um, to see how it unfolds. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to know what, what the truth of it is. And we'll definitely find that out um, you know, as it continues um, and people investigate it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely a crazy one and I don't envy anyone in that scenario and I especially don't envy the FAI because if you've got proud parent, proud manager, I've been at a couple of under-12s games. Let me tell you, parents, they don't back down. Neither yeah, do coaches yeah, either. Absolutely. Um, but in better news uh, for Katie McCabe, she has signed a new contract uh, with Arsenal. She has made 113 appearances so far. She's obviously having a brilliant season as well with Arsenal with four goals, 12 assists in 24 games. And I think the thing that surprised me the most is that she is still just 25. Like, it's absolutely mind-blowing to see how far she's come with her career. I don't know if you saw um, Rusha's uh, Little John's uh, tweet to her, where she basically said, like, congrats, Katie, I'll be the one in the relationship to keep you down. BTW, you have to sign another contract for our relationship, see if you can do the double. It was, like, really amusing. It's, like, good banter <laughs> um, between the two of them, which is obviously good to see. Um, they actually had a really good piece in the 42 for Pride Week um, as well, if anyone is interested in looking at that. Um, um, but yeah, Katie McCabe, back at Arsenal, back where she belongs. Um, and fingers crossed, maybe next season Arsenal might get their medical team in shape and we might get to see Arsenal back on top again. She's already won a, a title as well with Louise Quinn, which is important to note. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, best of luck to her, fingers crossed. And we look forward to seeing her at the next coming uh, internationals as well. In other news, uh, in horse racing news, we have Rachel Blackmore. Uh, she won the championship hurdle aboard Honeysuckle at the Punchestown races. The duo are officially now, I think we can all say, a formidable duo uh, with Blackmore partnering Honeysuckle for 11 out of her 12 uh, consecutive wins. They are already the odds-on favourite to defend their champion hurdle uh, crown at Cheltenham uh, next year, which is incredible to see. And we're also working to get Rachel Blackmore on the pod. She told us May, so we will be definitely working towards that because it'll be a fun uh, interview, um, no doubt. But we mentioned Camogie earlier, and obviously we're going to go back to it because her sport were the first to break the news. Neve, tell us everything you know and give us the tea. Spill it. Yeah, so obviously people have kind of seen a little bit about what's been going on in Camogie. I think for people outside of the Camogie community, um, they haven't fully got to grips on, on what exactly is going on. So um, basically on Thursday, there was a meeting about what the fixtures were going to be. Um, everybody else seems to be going with Intercounty League, followed by the Intercounty Championship. And then people returning to their clubs and playing the uh, the club championship after that. Um the Camogie Association want to do it differently. Um, they want to go with the Intercounty League. They want people to go back to their clubs, play the club championship, and then to do um, the Intercounty Championship after afterwards. So on Friday, an emergency meeting was called after the Camogie Association had said this. Um, all senior counties except one opposed to the setup. Um, of the of what, what the Camogie Association were proposing and also 82% of players voted for the split season but it seemed to have fallen on deaf ears they knew this before um, they had had made their decision um, and I think the players are really really disappointed uh, particularly when it came out after the emergency meeting so um, even 
after the emergency meeting, um, they I think people had expected that it would probably go the way that the players wanted it to because 82% is a huge percentage. Um, yeah, so basically since it was confirmed, it's been criticised all over social media. Um, I don't think anybody that we have seen and, and we've been looking at a lot has, has been in, in support of it. Um, since then, the Kogi Association have come out and said that they will poll the clubs and the members to understand what the optimum fixtures of the calendar would look like. So there's a lot of different things going on. Like I think, you know, some of the arguments are that um, the Kogi Association are saying they want as many people to play uh, games as possible this summer. Um, you know, they're saying... Uh, where, where like the players are saying that's not really going to happen that way I think there's risk of the minor championship being cancelled it was cancelled last year which is really really disappointing we've seen tweets where people have said like um but would this happen with the men's and then you know if it, if it was a men's um minor championship that was cancelled and people were saying no the conversation wouldn't even be entertained and um, so why is it happening on the women's side like to make sure that the uh, you know junior athletes in the last you know year or two of their uh, um, you know minor careers are afforded the opportunity to play these games and um, people have criticized saying that you know, for keeping people involved in the sport and, you know, inspiring people to play, um, you know, into their adult years that it's it's not really encouraging people. Um, and then obviously there's been the conversation about should it not be one organisation all over again? So the, some of the typical conversations that come out when something goes wrong um, in the, we call it the Gaelic Games world. Um, but yeah. yeah, what have you seen and, and what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's absolutely wild. Um, to be honest, I was, I was blown away. Like, I think first of all, when you hear okay, the county board's opposed it, maybe one, hmm, okay, why are you going against them? And then you hear 82% of the players voted for it. No, and I think for me, uh, Neve, one of the big things was when the GPA slash WGPA, because uh, they're all one now, released their statement saying that the players actually said they would boycott the league if this season was going to, mm-hmm. if this season was going to uh, take place like this. That was mind blowing. I did not think anyone would like, like postpone or, you know, abandon anything. And I don't know why. I was just like, oh, look, it's going to go ahead. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same, it's the same stuff. And I think what was disappointing was that the Camogie Association had one of the most positive and forward thinking uh, congresses this year where they specifically voted that they would protect the dual player they voted yeah. that they would protect players and that they would listen to players and different things like that Hilda Breslin the new president I'm not going to judge her based on this because I think she has some incredibly forward thinking um, ideas and I think she is a very it's not just person. one person either do you exactly. know what I mean there's a few people in there making so, decisions Exactly. But it was very unfortunate that an article or an interview she had done, I can't remember with who, where she basically said that this year was all about kind of listening to the players and, you know, this mm-hmm. was basically it. Um, and it kind of just came at a really like awkward time because it was like, oh, you clearly did not yeah. listen to the players. And as I said, it's not her. It's not her specifically. It is other people involved. Um, but I think it just really does beg the question as to who is obviously making these decisions. I did find it funny that ladies football like slid in their master plan underneath all the controversy. They were like, yeah, yeah, we're going ahead with the normal way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was laughing at that as well a little bit. They were like, oh, just let all the heat on come over. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be complicated for players. Like, um, and, and I think from like in a COVID world, like we're also, you know, everyone's trying to figure things out at the moment anyway. And like at the moment, the inter-county players are actually like trained and actually like play. So yeah. what people were saying was, 
that if they participate in the league, which has already been set, and then they take a little bit of time off, so whether it's two weeks or whatever it might be, um, and then go straight into the Inter-County Championship, they are already match fit, they will be ready to go, and that's what they all want to do. Um, and then it actually keeps Inter-County and club totally separate, um, so there'll be no mixing, like all that kind of thing, they just like, yeah. do their, their competitions, and then they can return to their clubs, and everybody should be safe. Then the other side of it is like, apart, so the way that the Camogie Association, obviously we're talking about it, you know, inter-county back to club and then back to inter-county. So there's that kind of mixing piece, which, you know, obviously there'd be, I'm, I'm assuming people would be either isolating or whatever it might be tested before they kind of return to play in their clubs. That's what you would hope would be doing. Um, but also then in, in the club, it gives them like a limited amount of like time. I think it was like an 11 week window or something like that, but it's a short window to get all the club, uh, you know, games to have them happen. People were saying, like until this Monday the 10th, like uh, Gaelic Games won't return to actually train together. So they're not ready. They're not match fit. Yep. They're saying then they have to organize like friendlies and challenge matches and all that kind of thing before and they you're not allowed into the championship. You're not yeah, allowed so to friendlies. So they're saying like they like they don't want to jump straight into the championship, like, you know, because sometimes like people are just getting like they're going to get knocked out. So they want that kind of time to, you know, get everything sorted. And then kind of towards the end of the club championship, people are going to have to make the choice between playing for club or playing for county. Um, and then a lot of clubs are going to be missing their top players because their county uh, setup is going to be calling them up and, and all that type of thing. And I think what players had said last year was they actually enjoy playing for their club. Like a lot of players and the people we've spoken to have said they love playing with their, their club. They're the people they grew up with, the people they've played with for years. And then, you know, now they're going to have to make a choice again in like what the decision is. And to be honest, like sometimes people are going to choose the club over county, even though, you know, county might be perceived as the the an honour for your county I think some people will will play club instead of playing county yeah because I, I think they really enjoy it and you know depending on what the, the setup is but um yeah it's hopefully the Kogi Association over the next couple of days do make the the right decision um there was one other rumour I don't know the full uh truth behind it but there's a rumour that there might not be a um sponsor for the All-Ireland uh championship yet um so I don't know how much truth there is to that um, and that they might be just biding their time at the Kogi Association say, did that, putting did it that, down the line. Did that play a factor then in putting clubs right bang in the middle? You've got more time. But I think as well, like the other thing as well, a lot of people, like where were they going to find the pitches for these? You know, like where, you know, like there was a lot of other hurdles that they would have had mm-hmm. to have jumped and surely they factored that into their decision. One of the girls, she's a Kerry Kamogi player. She was minor last year. You know, she was basically saying... um. It's not exactly like, you know, going back to the minor stuff, it's not exactly we don't have the players. She was like, even in a smaller uh, county like Kerry, you know, like it's only like one or two minor players that would have been affected, you know, if the minor, you know, thing had to kind of go ahead. But no, I think honestly, I think the... As you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan in organizations taking their L, taking their loss, reflecting on it, sitting back mm-hmm. on it, and just accepting we got Positive it wrong. Change, there's, like... there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with just coming out and admitting you got it wrong. You didn't listen to the players. You didn't listen to what people wanted. You went ahead. You forged. And as mm-hmm. well, like, the template was there. The GA were doing it this way. Yeah, everybody else is doing it that it's way. It's not like you're, you're, you're single-handedly designed. Sorry, my mm-hmm. dog has decided to start walking everywhere. You're not single-handedly designing a brand new championship yeah. to sue COVID everyone is doing it for you like just follow the yeah. lead you know you don't have to go so yeah. crazy and create your own I think what people like find is pointing like the players they're like well why did you ask us what we thought if you weren't going to yeah. listen to us and like it's not as if it was like 45 55 percent breakdown it like 82 percent is a resounding 
you know, answer. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll keep people updated anyway, anyway in relation to what's going on. Uh, we might even get to chat to some of the players and see what they thought. But from what we saw on social media, like once it was confirmed, like people kind of didn't really say anything uh, when we released it initially because um, they were waiting, I think, uh, until like in hope uh, during the emergency meeting, hoping that the, the Kogi Association were just going to change. And then after that, it like, everything started to blow up online people were just they're just not happy and so and again it makes sense like if you're gonna ask people what they think why why wouldn't you listen to it um so anyway that's what we have today and we'll keep you posted on uh, everything else that's going on i definitely have a look out for tanya watson in the world cup and there'll be some more athletics um and yeah like lots lots more games over the next while so and you know definitely uh keep up to date um if you want to connect with us on social media you can follow her sport on both twitter and instagram at hersport.ie and joanna's going to give you her social media channels (laughs) i am at joanna or underscore ox on twitter and at joanna or on instagram definitely follow us we will try to keep you all up to date with the news that's happening in terms of camogie um diving and everything else in between so make sure to hit us up and let us know if you have any questions or anything you want us to address so thanks very much Neve. it's been a pleasure my dog literally is acting like a hostage um like <laughs> she can leave um but yeah no appreciate it Neve. talk to you later see you soon cheerio